Hey everybody, welcome to The Art of Being You with your host, Dr. Nancy Haynes. And today I am so excited to announce the first guest on the podcast, The Art of Being You. We have Laura Tabit, and I'm not going to introduce her because I will not do it any justice. So I'm going to have her introduce herself and then we're going to get to know her a little bit better. So here we go. I am absolutely honored to be on your podcast, The Art of Being You, Dr. Nancy Haynes. Thank you very much for having me on the show this morning. Um, I will definitely introduce myself to those viewers that are listening to us at the moment uh, that are not familiar with who Lara Tabit is. Lara Tabit is a TV presenter based here in Dubai, I'm the official spokesperson for the Arab Fashion Council. I'm also a luxury brand ambassador representing different brands from different parts of Europe. I do business development for a company that owns award-winning restaurants here in Dubai and I do a little bit of philanthropy work so that is Lara Tabit in a nutshell (laughs) you guys that's a lot that's a lot of responsibility a lot of hats and this is what everybody sees and I will say it for myself being from the States you've been here in Dubai for a very long time that's right. I'm born and brought up in Dubai. I did live in the U.S. for two years. I lived in the U.K. for four years when I was younger. Um, I majored in my hotel management degree in Switzerland, in the French part of Switzerland, where I came back to work in the hospitality industry here in Dubai. But I would definitely say I have spent my whole life here in Dubai. Here in Dubai. Wow. So because so I've been here for three years, and obviously it's been like a whole <laughs> change and like so much happening. Um, but I'm curious to understand for those that are not here in Dubai, are not familiar with who you are, um, even when I saw you, you're like a fashion icon. You're, they're you. like, wow, she looks amazing all the time. She's rocking every event possible. I'm like, wow, who is she? Who is she? And that's all I knew. And, and I know that that's how people see a lot of women in influential positions, mm-hmm. right? That you see them and you're like, gosh, I wish I could be her. How did she get there? What's going on? Like, that also causes a little bit of, could I ever get there? Because I don't look like her or Mm -hmm. because I don't have the connections that she has. So that could also be a lot of the situations that women feel when they look up to an influential person. Now, let's take it there. I want everybody to know what is the life that you live, not normally, because the norm is different now, (laughs) but on a a normal situation, Mm -hmm. like. Where would you find yourself attending events at night? What kind of events do you get to attend? Well, um, it all started many, many years ago when, um, as you know, I worked in the hospitality industry directly after graduating from Switzerland. Okay. So I was part of a group of hotels here in Dubai, which I worked with for a very long time. Then I was headhunted by the first English language channel here in the region known as InTV. They were setting up in building number four in Dubai Media City, also known as the Associated Press uh, Building, which is AME Info Building. And uh, they were looking for TV presenters and the owner of the channel himself was actually asking a lot of the influential and big families here in Dubai, I'm looking for a TV presenter, please can you help me source TV presenters? And everybody was pointing the finger at me. And that was very strange because being in the hospitality industry and not studying journalism or being part of the world of television or media, um, I found it very strange when I received that phone call that day saying, Lara, we're looking for TV presenters, would you be willing to come down to our studios for a casting? 
And I started laughing when I received that phone call. I was like, are you guys serious? <laughs> like, where did this come from? And they said, please come down for the casting, give us that chance, and then you can be the decision maker whether it's something that you want to continue or not. So I went down for that casting. A few years later, I had seven shows of my own that I was producing and presenting where I had the privilege to be covering events like the Dubai International Film Festival, which I covered for a total of 14 years, which is the total span of the lifetime of the Dubai International Film Festival. Wow. Then I had the privilege to cover events like the ATP uh, Tennis Championships, the Abu Dhabi Formula One Grand Prix, uh, the Dubai World Cup, the world's richest horse race. And as you know, Dubai is all about the glitzy and glamorous events that it hosts. <laughs> oh, do we know that? Oh, yes. It's all about that. So I was involved in many, many different events. Any launch that was taking place, whether it was connected to Ferraris, Lamborghinis, jewelry launches, Graf Diamonds, Levant, all the big brands that were launching in Dubai, I was the first point of contact. Lara, could you please come and cover this event for us? Or could you please be part of our event? Our CEOs, our owners are coming all the way from Europe, from Italy, from the US, from different parts of the world. We need you to be there. Could you kindly do an interview with them? So I was involved in most of, in a majority of the events that were taking place in Dubai. I had the privilege to interview rulers of different countries. I was invited to travel to different parts of the world to interview leaders, um, ministers, and, and many important people all around the world. So that's where the covering and being part of all the big events in Dubai started, started. off in so my days in television. you said something that's really powerful. You weren't looking for it. Absolutely it not. It found you. It did find me. This is what, and so you being in the hospitality industry and all of a sudden you get this call saying, hey, we kind of want you to do this on TV. Did you at any point feel like, I don't know if I can do this? Absolutely. I was like, I definitely can't do this. I mean, you know, at that time, just taking a, a, a photo in front of a camera was, you know, a little bit nerve wracking. Oh. But standing in front of a camera and, and, you know, sitting with very important people, interviewing them, getting into their lives, asking them questions about their businesses or their personal lives, you know, that was something I did not, um, I wasn't sure I could handle. Yeah. It took me three weeks to overcome that fear, uh, that bit of tension that one I think gets initially uh, but after that I was fine so it took me three weeks to transition from the hospitality industry into the world of television and then we were doing interviews in studios and on locations okay I enjoyed both of them equally and like I mean being part of the world of television and, and, and being a TV presenter, no two days are the same. Every day is so different because you're exposed and you're meeting some of the most interesting people in the world. Like being part of the Dubai International Film Festival, I had the chance to meet people like Lawrence Fishburne, Morgan Freeman, George Clooney, Enrique Iglesias, Jennifer Lopez, um, the Inter Milan football team, Munich Bayern, Manchester United. Um, the king of Bahrain. Can we talk about pressure? Can we yeah. talk about pressure? <laughs> I had over 7,000 interviews with top celebrities from all around the world, Arab cinema, Hollywood, as well as Bollywood. So it was just a very, very beautiful time. And you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you look forward yes. to going to work. You're like, I can't wait to get there because I don't know who I'm going to be interviewing <laughs> I love it. today. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you said something, and this is something that I think for a lot of women, is really really important is the fact that you felt the fear but you did it anyway oh, because yeah. for anybody else especially like if somebody were to be called into something that they have no experience in no self-confidence in because they've never done it before they would have walked away That's and said so this is not 
I, I don't know if I can do this. And for you to have to almost step into it and it's done, you're in and you have three weeks to like kind of get over all of it. How was that experience for you? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I mean, for me, like I said, it only took me three weeks to transition. And I'm a people's person. So being in the hospitality industry and being in the world of television, it's all about people. I enjoy connecting with people, finding out more about them, about their experiences, their lives. So um, it wasn't that difficult. It was very enjoyable. Ah, you were meant for it. I think I was. Because it found for it. you. It did. I mean, I never expected it. You know, being a TV presenter is something that um, was unheard of for me at that time. You know, it's something I, 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 I wasn't even looking for. Yeah. I was very, very happy working in hotels, traveling to all the big hotel exhibitions all around the world, ITB Berlin, World Travel Market, Arabian Travel Market, so and, and dealing with hotel owners and hotel general managers. I mean, that, you know, that, that yeah. was a lot of fun for me. I was enjoying every second of it. And Dubai was starting off at that time, so we didn't have so many hotels at that time. Today, okay. we have over, I don't know how many thousands of hotels in Dubai. So, um, yeah. So oh my gosh. Okay. So now you are there. You are now transitioning into this new role because of industry, everything. So what did your husband feel about this transition? Was every, did anybody question it? Your family, did anybody question like, uh, what is going on here? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I come from a very conservative family. And like I said, my father is a very, very big entrepreneur here in the Middle East, especially here in Dubai. I mean, he's 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 responsible for a lot of things that you see here in the country. Um, he constructed a lot of buildings, a lot of different um, uh, beautiful, beautiful businesses that are set up here in the region. In the region, are because of him. So he wasn't very happy when I received that phone call asking me if I wanted to join the world of television. And uh, it was a little bit difficult for him to accept the fact that I wanted to be a TV presenter and I was going to be a TV presenter. On the other hand, my husband was extremely supportive. So um, it was a little bit difficult trying to, to see. Maneuver. Exactly. Maneuver. <laughs> How am I going to sell this to him? <laughs> exactly. So you still did it. You still, I still did, did it. it. You Knowing I have my it. husband's support and knowing that this is something I want. I don't know, you know, you feel it in your gut, in your instinct, you know, you you know if it's something that you would enjoy doing. I mean, since I was young, I was a ballerina, I was a pianist, I was a gymnast, I was an ice skater, I've won gold medals, I can't tell you how many gold medals I've won in ice skating. So these art, it was the world of art. You planned for it. It was the world yeah. of arts that I enjoyed more than anything. I was even a cheerleader when we lived in the States. So for me, it was something that, you know, I, I wanted to be part of and maybe never thought about it. But it just, like you said, it came to me. It came to you. And I yeah. think that's the beauty of like a lot of these stories. I'm sure like a lot of women see you and that was, a, you know, how did she get in there? You're saying I was, and this is the most powerful thing that I think for me in just hearing this is I was just being me. Like you weren't trying to do anything. You were just being you. You're in the hospitality industry. You love people. You're talking to people. You're just being you. And then all of a sudden this, this thing, this opportunity is presented and now it becomes your whole life. So that has got to be like one of the biggest keys that, which I love um, for the podcast is to share with other women, like being yourself, the opportunities will come to you. Absolutely. Whereas when you're trying really, really hard to get into something, you're almost forcing something that is not meant for you. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it, that you were able to follow your gut to say, oh my gosh. So we're now in this high place, all of these amazing accomplishments. 
I want to take it back. I want to take it back to before all of this um, in a place where, uh, what age did you get married? I got married at 17, uh, although I had known my husband since the age of 12 because we went to the same school here. He's also born and brought up here in Dubai, just like me. Okay. Um, so we went to the same school, and um, I've known him since I was 12. He is five years older than me, and I got married at the age of 17. My God, 17, you guys, that is like, you probably don't even know. For a lot of us, we're still trying to figure out like how to dress ourselves. <laughs> but... I remember you saying earlier, you are the eldest of five. That's right. So being the eldest, I myself am the eldest, there's a lot of responsibility. Oh yes, there is. So tell us a little bit about that. So you have to be the role model. You have to set the example for the younger uh, siblings. And I have two sisters, so that's even uh, more difficult and, and more tough. Uh, but um, I was always there for them. Um, as growing up, of course, and I'm still there for them. I mean, my two sisters are my two best friends today. Yeah. I can't imagine a day without them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but we came from a very conservative family, so there was a lot of values and norms that were injected into us from, from a very, very young age. So very strict very, responsibilities. Very strict. It wasn't like you want to, you have to. You have to. So we weren't allowed to have. Uh, there was no such thing called boyfriends. Boyfriends don't exist. Red nail polish is not allowed before uh, you get married. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, rules and regulations that we had to follow um, when we were younger. Yeah. And we didn't mind, you know. We, we love our dad, and he is our role model at the end of the day. So we really didn't mind. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you shared a story about your dad, and obviously he's very influential in all of the decision-making. Um, when it goes back to, I'm thinking, as a parent, saying for you to go to him and say, Dad, I want to get married, and you're 17. Mm. How did that go down? Not very good, <laughs> initially. <laughs> initially, he was like, uh, but you're only 17. I was like, yes, but I started university very early. So I started at 15, 15 and a half, and I graduated by 18, which was, it was a three-year program. But my father wanted more for me. He wanted me to do my master's. He wanted me to do my PhD. So he was like, why are you getting married now, you know? finish your master's, finish your PhD, and then we can talk about marriage. I was like, nope, I'm in love with him, and this is the man I want to spend the rest of my life with, and this is the man I want to marry. So he was like, okay, uh, we will have to meet him. So my husband was doing the German military at that time. Okay. He's a German national. And he broke his leg playing football with the military team in Germany. But he actually flew down in a broken leg in a cast on a wheelchair all the way from Germany to London because my father wanted to meet him because we weren't allowed to talk on the phone. That was not allowed. It's either, uh, you know, it has to be official. It has to be legit. And speaking on the phone is, is, is not acceptable. It's a no-no. It's a big no-no. So he had to fly down to London and my father, of course, interrogated him. We went out for dinner to the beautiful <laughs> Annabelle's that everybody knows in London. And he was interviewed by my father and he passed the interview with flying colors. And that's how my dad accepted that, you know, we continue um, seeing each other yeah. for a while and, and having a relationship before marriage took place. Which marriage was a few took place. After. Oh my God. Yeah. Now that's totally different you know, for nowadays, the, the situations that we're in nowadays, um, I came from that same generation of you cannot date. Like no one ever called my home. No one. They weren't allowed. No, I, j I remember doing it once where a guy had called and it was just to make sure I got home safely. And there was, uh, at that time, there was no cell phones. So house, landline. And it was like 
I was quivering with fear because when I picked up the phone and it was him, I was like, I'm going to get in trouble. And I did. So <laughs> I know that feeling too well. No, I had um, one, one of my classmates, um, one of my classmates at school had called the house because he wanted to find out more about the homework. Um, and my dad actually said to him, please don't call this house again and hung up on him right away. He didn't oh, give him a chance. My so yeah, no, I, I came from a very conservative family. Yes. But I think it pays off sometimes, you know? I think that's a big, um, I myself was raised from a very conservative uh, family. And so I never got to have the experience that other girls got to experience. Attending games, going to dances with guys. Like I did it a few times and it was probably my worst experience because I had to cry for weeks and weeks and weeks before they finally said yes. yes. But the responsibility, this is the part that I think a lot of people don't realize the impact that it has because there are things that you cannot do. There's no question. Oh, yeah. You will not do that. Absolutely. And there's no arguing about it. A no is a no. And that's it. It's the final world. And that right? is yeah. the final say. Yeah. Nothing else. And, you know, and that's the thing that I think people don't realize that when you're even now, especially like where you're doing whatever event you attend or whatever you put your name on or your stamp on, you have to have a level of responsibility with whether it's a brand, whether it's a, a project, mm -hmm. what they stand for, and even the people that you associate with, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there is, in a sense, that a lot of people don't understand that there is that, that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with certain things in life. Absolutely. I think with everything in life, not certain things, with right. everything in life, with marriage, with kids, with work, um, whatever career path you choose. I mean, there's, you know, responsibility has to be taken in everything in life. Yes. And so you're talking about kids. So you have two children. I do have two. Oh boys. my gosh. <laughs> wow. How was it with the lifestyle that you had of traveling and all that with the boys? Um, it was, it wasn't that difficult, I have to say, because my boys are, are, are very easy to handle, if okay. you know what I mean. Okay. So we have a certain system running, and they, they know that system, and it's not very difficult. Um, and uh, basically managing my time between the work and between the family, um, it's all about time management, I think. And like I said, I mean, I start my days very, very early. I start at 5 o'clock in the morning, so okay. by 12 o'clock already, what I what I'm able to achieve by 12 noon time is what takes other people an entire day to achieve because I'm balancing and managing my time very wisely. And I think it's all about time management, especially yeah. when you have a family and kids and you're a working mom. So you definitely have to get that formula right. And I think if you have that formula right, that's the key to success. That's the key to being able to achieve an amazing career and to, to be able to spend quality time with your husband, with your kids, be there for them, pick them up. I, I pick up my kids and drop them every single day of their schooling life here in Dubai for I don't know how many years without fail. And I actually resigned from the TV station when one of the other co-presenters made me late to pick up one of my sons for 10 minutes. He had to wait in the sun. And that's when I submitted my resignation, which was, of course, denied. Uh, but it never happened again. Because for me, it was very, very important. It was religiously so, important. 
important to pick them up and drop them off on time, spend every single lunchtime with them, have a nice meal on the table, and of course family do their values. Home, family values. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Family values are a priority to me because that's something that's been injected into us from a very young age, and that's something I want my kids to carry with them. So when they have their families, they'll be able to do the same. And you know that's interesting that you say that, especially nowadays where you know I think a big even for myself growing up, you're either a woman of career or you're a mom. That's you right. cannot be both. Yeah. And that was something that was instilled from a very young age mm. where anybody that I heard, um, anybody that I saw as a role model, as influential, they were all career, no kids, not married. And for me, I learned that and it was like, oh, okay, so I'm just going to do career, not worrying about kids, not going to think about any of it, which is actually, honestly, one of the reasons why I still don't have kids because that was embedded in my head, like you cannot have both. And so to have, to see actually somebody in front of me, she's real guys, she's real, that <laughs> you were able to do career and, a very, and very successful at it and also have that family and incorporated both. I'm sure that was just unbelievable. It was, it was, it was very pleasurable, very enjoyable. I don't remember it being tough or difficult. I'm lucky because I have my parents here. So my father's been here for over 50 years. My parents live here, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my grandmothers. Family like support. family is here. <laughs> so let's say I have a, a difficult day where I'm trying to manage my time, but I can't, I don't have enough time to cook lunch for the kids. My mom will cook and have dropped over with the driver. Okay. So, so um, a community is raising children. Yeah, so definitely. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So your background is Lebanese. That's right. Lebanese. Lebanese. Okay. So my background is Mexican and that is literally how it works. When somebody has a child, it's just like everybody just comes together to help and support. So this is really nice to, to know that that was a big part of you being successful as what, of, for what you were doing. It was also with the help of the family. Absolutely. My mom in particular. My mom and my dad. They're Aww. extremely supportive. I mean, my dad has always been there for us, um, for all of us, for, for me and my brothers and sisters, and yeah. my mom as well, emotionally, uh, mentally, whatever we need. She's always there. She's and always Very, been. very supportive. Like, oh we don't even God. have to tell her, can you? She already knows that it's, you know, consider it done. It's already there. I you love know? it. I love it. Yeah. So here's the thing. For a lot of the women who are one, we've moved away from home and have come here, mm -hmm. right? To Dubai and we're experiencing life where maybe we don't have the normal support that we would have at home. You talked about your sisters. Yes. How important would you say it is for women to have a supportive tribe with them through this journey of life? Very important. I think it is priority to have a group of women that support each other, women that you can lean on, count on, whether it's through, uh, whether it's for business purposes or whether it's for networking, whether it's even for domestic issues, you know, uh, raising kids, uh, dealing, uh, whatever it is. It's very, very important for women to, to unite because yes. united we are much stronger. Yes. And uh, to be there for one for one another because I don't think there's anything stronger than that bond between women. I, you know, and that's something I find that's very important um, because it was such a big part where I had it home. And then when I moved here, when there was nothing, you didn't realize how important it was to really genuinely see how much that was help. So if, even if it was a meltdown day, it was like at least you have somebody there to call and say, oh my gosh, this is happening. And so you're continuously 
like moving all of that emotion out and like at least being able to bounce it with somebody else and like hey this is what's going on and you know at least having that the trust number one. Oh yeah uh, which I think is really important with women. It's um, the most important. I right? Think. Yeah. I feel it's very big. And I, at least for myself growing up, that was a big one where oh, yeah. like the trust in women um, to be able to sh be vulnerable and really say what's going on, mm -hmm. but to feel safe in that space as well, where That's you're not going to feel judged. No, no one's going to say, what, what are you thinking? Like, no, it's a sense of you be you. And we are just here to support and to hear, to vent whatever it is that you need. I think that's really important. And I'm very blessed in the sense that I have my two sisters here who are my two best friends. I mean, anything happens with me. I, they're the first people I contact um, if I ever need anything. Yeah. So I think it's very important for all women to be able to have that. You don't necessarily have to have it with your sisters. You could have it with, with any female out there that you feel comfortable enough to talk to, to share your thoughts, your ideas, your dreams, whatever it is that you yeah. want to talk about. So oh I think it's gosh. very, very important. That's amazing. Yeah, oh my gosh. For sure. That's in, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you really don't get to, to hear about when you see somebody, um, you know, you see them dress nicely, or, but you really never know what their story is and how they got to where, to where they are. At. Yeah. And I think that's important is to, um, every woman has her journey. Absolutely. Every woman has their journey, uh, a difference in, in experiences. Mm -hmm. um, some people get to, you know, be able to fly and, and uh, me personally, I will tell you this, being an American has uh, shifted my idea of even the passport. Like I didn't even have a passport. I didn't get one until really late in oh life. My gosh, you're kidding. <laughs> Wow. Because there was no really need to because it's so big. Yeah. So in California, there's like enough places to visit there that you can't even get to. So you could in do all year. the sightseeing in the world that you wanted to. And you haven't there. even left yeah. your own space. So yeah. it, this is the kind of stuff that like it wasn't until later in life that the curiosity sparked mm -hmm. to go and do and be and do everything else that I wanted to. But when it comes to you and now mm -hmm. what is it that you can share with other women mm -hmm. number one that especially knowing that you're in something that you were not looking for that's, that's right. so powerful like I really find that so perfect in the sense that when something is meant for you it's there but it's you having to be you and really owning that thank you that really really changes it does. Right? Yeah. Like now when I look at you, I'm like, oh my God, she wasn't even looking for no. that and she got it. Like I admire that. I really genuinely admire that because just like in anything that I teach and I deal with this even with clients, like that block is there when you're, when you're trying too hard either to be somebody that you're not mm -hmm. or to go for something that you're, that that's not necessarily what you should be going for, mm -hmm. but it's because of surrounding or because of family or whatever that looks like. And I find it very powerful from your story, even in sharing about your marriage. Like when you're like, I knew I wanted to do it. Like the influence that your dad had and even him asking you, are you sure? And you're like, yes, like you owned it. And you but again, forward. that was something I was not looking for. I had not planned to get married so young. Like, like I said earlier, my dad wanted me to do my master's yeah. and my PhD. 
so once again it was something that I wasn't looking for isn't that amazing like now that you think back at it like everything that you've stepped into big big life stuff um, it's something that you were not necessarily looking for that is true it it came to you and the thing is that you were ready and open to say yes is there ever a time is there anything that you feel that has come into your life that you were not looking for and it came to you I will share a very very beautiful story actually with you so I get a phone call um, 2018 from the US from a company known as ATP um, a gentleman by the name of Anthony Tunstall and he says um, hello Lara Tabit and I said hello and I had met this gentleman at the Dubai International Film Festival. Okay. And he says, we've been following your Instagram account for the last year and a half, two years. And we want to come down, we want to fly all the way down to Dubai for 24 hours to present you with a Global Influencer Award for 2018. Would Friday be a suitable day for you? And I said, but I'm not an influencer. I'm a TV personality, I'm a luxury brand ambassador, I do many things in Dubai, but I'm not an, I don't want to be referred to myself as an influencer. And he said, no, I understand. We refer to you as an influential personality and we see what you are doing for Dubai as a city and how you promote Dubai and everything to do with Dubai, not only on a local level, but on a global level. And uh, we just feel that we want to give you this award because you deserve it more than anybody out there. And I was like, okay. So they flew in on a Friday morning. We had breakfast at the Jumeirah Zabiel Sarai. Then we moved on to Burj Al Then we moved on to the Queen Elizabeth ship. Then I gave them a tour of the frame. We went all the way to the rooftop. Then we went to Atmosphere Burj Khalifa. And then we had dinner at Benihana's, Japanese dinner. And then I dropped them back to the airport and they flew back to the US. But it was one of the most beautiful experiences. It was so rewarding. It just felt so good and it was so unexpected. There's not too many words I could use to describe right? that feeling. Yeah. That's, and you know, this is like the beauty of it where like a lot of people might think, well, cause she's out there and she's hustling and she's going and she's doing. And so of course she's going to get all of this, but not necessarily because when you do things from the heart, I feel like just doors open up for you. That's so true. And that's not something like, again, that you weren't looking like in all of these things, it's like a pattern. Like you weren't looking to do certain things. It came to you. And all of it stems from you being true to who you are. You're just being you. You love hospitality. You're smiling. You're talking to people. I love people. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, this is what's going on. People were watching that you maybe didn't even know were watching. I had no idea. No, no idea. At all. And even for this, where you're just doing now your job and you love it and it's just now a part of your life. And then you get this phone call of you weren't necessarily looking for certain people and hey I need to get an award now like no, come on let's apply for it no it just happens to come and so yeah. this in itself is so it, honestly it's such a powerful story and one of many that you have in just like a short period of time of getting to know you but it's crazy because even before all of this where you do look at you know a picture where she's at where she's going and you're just like wow this is amazing but the responsibility that comes with it mm-hmm. and also you staying in that space of just loving what you do and genuinely showing up for people, I think has, has been like so powerful for you falling in love with your husband, boom, moving on next, next, next. But it's staying in that same space that I think um, is really impactful for a story, but not just that also now for women out there 
who are in a place of today. Is there anything that you can share for women out there, not even if they're trying to get into the industry, but just in life today? What advice would you be able to give to them? Definitely have a dream. Be passionate about what you do because without passion, you'll eventually get bored and it's not sustainable. Um, work hard. It's all about working hard, perseverance, patience. Oh, that's a tough one. A lot of patience. A lot <laughs> of patience. And don't give up on your dreams. If you have a dream, definitely do whatever it takes to make it come true. And don't listen to people that tell you keep your dreams on hold or don't do it now, do it later. Or, you know what, it's not going to work. Forget about it. Drop that project. Do something else. No. Listen to your heart. Listen to what you think is right and follow and pursue your dreams and don't give up and don't surrender no matter what. Oh, relentless grit. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Never Never give up. Never give up. I love it. You guys, she has been someone that I can say, um, even from just being here for the last three years, just knowing who is she? There was always that question, who is she? See this, I see that. But it was always something that I will say any time that I feel connected to somebody, even if I haven't met them, I always set my intention. And this is something that I always do with anything, Mm -hmm. whether it's work, whether it's anything, people that I want to meet. I always set my intention. If it's for my highest good to meet this person, I want to meet them. And I leave it at that. And you said something powerful, which was patience. Yes. Because I've been here for three years and I knew about you from like year one but I never really knew who you really are and what you really do. It was just like, oh, that event, that, okay. But it was nothing of, of where I could say, I definitely have to meet her. I'm going to go attend that event and run into her and accidentally, you know, with <laughs> anything ever like that. But it just so happened to be, I feel when you just put the intention out there, leave it and whatever time is the divine timing, it'll come time to do something like this. And you, I want to say thank you so, so much for being my first guest for the podcast. You have Um, no idea what an honor and a pleasure and a delight it is to be with you. Thank you so much. It has been truly, genuinely nice. Um, A beautiful experience, I will say. Uh, One thing that I really love is having women, genuine women that share their stories and that really get to use their gifts and talents to help and support not just their communities, but also other women, Mm -hmm. and do it with such a smile and a genuine heart. So thank you for being you. Thank you for being you, Dr. Nancy Haynes. It has been one of the most amazing interviews I've had in a very, very long time. It's been a pleasure being on the art of being you, and I wish you continued growth and success in this podcast, and I'm sure there's going to be some amazing people on your podcast. I'm going to be following you. There will be a part two to this at some point. (laughs) I cannot wait. I would love that. Thank you so much. And we will chat with you guys later. 